the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of your financial editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And of course, as a podcast, you can go to Apple Podcast and uh, and grab it there. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Hope things are going well for you and your family. Uh, good program planned for you today. We've got some really interesting top stories that we'll be able to dive into uh, from this past week. Also, some economic data that we want to uh, take a, a close look at, um, as well as, you know, all of this craziness going on with inflation, how it's impacting uh, folks as far as uh, their retirement goes, um, and, uh, you know, just that main impact on how it is uh, affecting people's principal, how it's affecting their income, and the, uh, the big dent. Uh, that it's putting in those types of things. So all of that coming up for you in uh, just a little bit. Um, we had a major deal announced this uh, week, and, and it was from someone who we haven't heard from in quite some time. Warren Buffett made a huge return to the deal-making arena with a mega insurance acquisition. So Berkshire Hathaway, which, of course, is Warren Buffett's company, um, is buying a New York-based property and casualty insurer uh, called Allegheny Corporation. And this is an $11.6 billion cash deal. So uh, they just forked over this 11.6, or at least they're going to, According to a joint statement I saw, Berkshire Hathaway will buy all outstanding Allegheny shares. Um, it's about a 29% premium to Allegheny's average stock price over the last uh, 30 days or so. And it, also there are some uh, connections here. Uh, Allegheny is run by Joseph Brandon, who used to be the CEO of a company called General Re which is a Berkshire Hathaway insurance company. Um, so, uh, you know, this is Warren Buffett's biggest deal since 2016. It follows a period when um, the big conglomerate has just been literally drowning in cash, almost $150 billion total uh, in cash that they're sitting on. So for them to... Uh, to kind of stroke this check for $11.6 billion is nothing when they're sitting on $150 billion. And the reason they're sitting on it, apparently, is Buffett has really struggled, he and Charlie Munger, his partner, to find attractive ways to deploy it. So um, we'll see if this deal goes through. The deal includes what they call a go-shop period during which Allegheny can solicit and consider other acquisition proposals for about 25 days. It was unanimously approved by both companies' board of directors, but again, it does have that 25-day period where they uh, can look for other suitors. We'll have to see if that plays out. We heard from um, some uh, big... Uh, technology manufacturers this week. I saw that the uh, Intel CEO, Patrick uh, Gelsinger, was really warning um, that Congress must act now to boost semiconductor chip manufacturing because of this global shortage that we have. Um, he was testifying before the U.S. Senate Commerce Committee 
Um, and really, they're looking for about 50 plus billion dollars in government subsidies. That's our money. That's taxpayer money to government. It's not government money. That's ours uh, to boost the semiconductor manufacturing sector. He was joined by Micron CEO and others. Um, but, you know, Intel is the world's largest chip maker by revenue. Um, it, you know, they're among. American businesses trying to reduce their dependence on foreign chip making uh, that's really dominated by China and other regions, uh, uh, regions over in, in Asia. Look, Taiwan is a great friend to the United States of America. Actually, we might see how good of a friend a little later this year and in the next year after Xi Jinping uh, is coronated for her, an unprecedented third 10-year term, which really makes him dictator for life if that happens. And then we'll potentially see, if not before, uh, some type of a more serious move on Taiwan than what we've seen. But it's not just that, um, you know, we're relying on Taiwan and other countries, even though there are friends just think about if in the South China Sea, China gets tough on uh, transporting things from Asia to the United States, to North America. That's a whole other issue, right? It's not just who gets along with who, but it's uh, who is going to be able to get their product where it needs to go without endangering um, our cargo ships and those folks that, uh, you know, that work on them. So, again, that's why we really want to reduce that connection with China and with other uh, producing countries, but especially China. I mean, we're seeing that now with, uh, with Russia, right, because of energy. So uh, Gelsinger, the CEO at Intel, uh, basically just said that this chip shortage is a terrible situation, which uh, many of us are feeling uh, directly or indirectly, de- depending on if it's, you know, th- their chip not, chip's not available for appliances or for automobiles or for whatever it may be. Um, and he noted that in 1990, the U.S. supplied the world with nearly 40 percent of chips. And uh, now we're down to, gosh, I think it's 20 um, percent. You know, we've halved it or, or so. Um, so, uh, you know, he was saying that every aspect of the digital world runs on semiconductors and it's been a blessing because we see, uh, the proficiency multiply over, you know, just a couple years, but, um, we have to reverse this trend of dependence that we have, especially with China. I have an interesting story on China for you, by the way, in a couple minutes. Um, and it's good to see, you know, a couple of years ago, we told you about Intel rolling out about $50 billion to expand uh, factories out west. They also, uh, just recently, we talked about it here on the Your Financial Editor program, uh, earmarked $20 billion to build a semiconductor factory at a mega site out in Columbus, Ohio. Um, and, you know, again, we, we need to reverse this. This is because of, and I talked about this uh, not at length over the years like I should have. I mean, I would mention it and get some digs in, but the American businessmen and the, quote, consultants, unquote, sold their souls to China and other countries from the 1990s up to this very hour. 
uh, and we need to stop that. We need to get rid of those types of people who put their wealth and their greed and their power ahead of everything else, including what's uh, in the best interest of the United States of America and in our true um, allies. So uh, that needs to stop. That's just been such a disease over the years, and we're seeing the results of it, unfortunately. Also interesting this week, I tell you, I was really surprised to see this. I wanted to share it with you. I would made a little note that the CEO of J.P. Morgan, Jamie Dimon, who, of course, is a darling on Wall Street uh, when it comes to all the big banks. He's done a great job. I'm not a fan of uh, him personally, but um, I'm sure he doesn't care. Uh, but, y- you know, he is a very successful CEO, and he actually weighed in on the energy situation that has caused your oil and gasoline prices just to soar, just like mine. Um, so Diamond told Biden uh, that the White, the White House needs to create what he called a Marshall Plan to develop more domestic gas and other energy resources. So he and others were at the White House uh, at the beginning of the week, and he told Biden and economic aides of Biden's that additional gas production is needed for the energy security of both Europe and America. Well, boy, the lights really came on for a lot of these people, didn't it? It's a shame what it's taken uh, to make that happen. But, (laughs) yeah, you know, other recommendations included uh, more liquefied natural gas facilities in Europe and reduced reliance on Russian imports. I mean... So, and by the way, the Marshall Plan, if you're not familiar with it or need a refresher, I did, was an American initiative enacted in 1948 to provide foreign aid to Western Europe, uh, basically, you know, to help them rebuild. Um, And uh, this meeting had some bigwigs. It had, you know, like I said, J.P. Morgan. It had CEOs of Exxon and Marathon and Bank of America and Visa and... um, It was good to hear Jamie Dimon tell the truth and not, uh, even though he's a big Democrat, not to uh, stick to and twist and uh, deceive people with the uh, climate agenda stuff like we're seeing still from the Biden administration just a couple days after Dimon made those comments. You know, they're talking about uh, thermostats. And, uh, you know, this harks you back to uh, the mid-2000s, late-2000s. When uh, we had problems with energy uh, with uh, Obama and uh, that I'll never forget it. Just stellar. Like I almost got it printed on a T-shirt when asked about, you know, how we can fix the energy crisis and the high prices that were crushing people just like they are today. Ordinary folks and and poor folks and those on fixed incomes. Of course, the ones that, that can't take it. You know, they they just can't take it. And yet they're forced to, along with food and other inflation issues. But just that those words of wisdom from Obama when asked about what can we do? Properly inflate your tires. How about that? Isn't that just a gold nugget? (laughs) So that's what we got. And that's what we're continuing to get with this third term, you know, of Obama's people. 
running everything behind the scenes, including now we're starting to see uh, the infiltration at uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission. You know, and when you look at Biden's SEC, uh, they released uh, some proposed rules at the beginning of the week for publicly traded companies that would compel those companies to disclose a range of climate-related information. So, of course, it's a 500-page document and uh, the information includes financially material climate-related risk as well as estimated greenhouse gas emissions. Um, so Gary Gensler, who is the chairman of the Securities and Exchange Commission appointed by Biden, said that uh, companies and, – and by the way, he was in the – Obama administration, if I remember correctly, uh, companies and investors alike would benefit from the rules of the road proposed in uh, the SEC's uh, press release uh, in their statement. Now, Hester Pierce is an SEC commissioner, and luckily she's holding fast. She voiced her objections to the SEC's proposal in a lengthy statement saying that, among other things, we are not the Securities and Environment Commission, at least not yet. Pierce said financially material risk related to climate are accounted for by existing rules. Oh, no, they wouldn't make duplicate regulation and rules, would they? She also argued that the proposal exceeds the SEC's statutory authority. They would never overreach and could constitute compelled speech, putting it at odds with the First Amendment. They would never – These these folks that are running things wouldn't, you know, put their interest ahead of the Constitution – The placard at the door of this hawking green structure will trumpet our revised mission, protection of of stakeholders, facilitating the growth of the climate industrial complex and fostering unfair, disorderly and inefficient markets. That's what she wrote. So she was just tearing them to pieces and good for her um, to uh, to be so honest and uh, and and voice those uh, those opinions, facts. And just in general to push back, I think that's great. So here's something that'll you know really shock a lot of people. Um, I mean, I know it did me, but Germany is calling for renewed negotiations over a free trade agreement between the United States and the European Union. So according to the finance minister of Germany, Christian Linder, which, by the way, Germany is Europe's largest economy. Um, We should resume negotiations on a transatlantic free trade agreement. Hmm. Especially now in the Ukraine crisis, it is becoming clear. Did you hear what I just said? It is becoming clear how important free trade is with partners around the world who share our values. That's what Linder said. Becoming clear. What a stupid comment. This is a finance minister of the biggest economy in Europe. It's just becoming clear. And Germany's values, along with other 
European Union countries, what is that all about? They've lost their way. You step back and look at their policies and the things that they do and say and just shake your head because it makes no sense, except for the, the you know, the, the elite, the wealthy, the, uh, the power grabbers in, uh, in politics. But, you know, what, what this is really about, they couldn't handle the tough and fair trade negotiations from the last administration um, because those proposals didn't forward their globalist agenda that comes at the expense of patriotic Americans, Germans, Italians, you know, you name it. But, yeah, becoming clear, this is a finance minister of the largest economy in Europe. It's just becoming clear. What do these people do? What are all the people around them that get paid? What do they do? Obviously nothing. I think that's the, uh, the simple answer because of what we see and what we hear. All right, so we've got these record gasoline prices, and I'm really sorry for that, for people. Uh, I, I say that in a very sincere way who can't afford it, just like gas and automobile parts and apparel, electronics, you know, you name it, all the inflation across the board that uh, people are seeing that can't deal with it. I'm, I, I do. I feel for you. Think about you every morning. Uh, when I wake up and I start working of how hard it must be for um, a lot of folks that are retired, which we'll talk about that in just a little bit, these uh, inflation pressures on people's retirement and their incomes. Um, single moms out there, people on fixed income, people living literally paycheck to paycheck. This is unnecessary when you look at... Um, this inflation, it's, uh, you know, we caused it, meaning uh, America did it to itself, the Federal Reserve, these uh, spending plans that have been passed and, believe it or not, are being more are being proposed. Um, and they think you're dumb enough when they stand up and say that if they spend more, inflation will go away. I mean, heaven forbid people really believe that or buy into it. But now what we're seeing is the administration flirting with lifting oil sanctions on who? Venezuela. And they say that uh, is to uh, temper the surge in oil prices that we've seen and energy prices overall. Um, the White House and State Department officials were down in Caracas earlier this month to meet with None other than the killer and dictator, um, you know, in Putin's circle, the, the same kind of guy, uh, Nicolas Maduro. Yeah. So that's who they're meeting with to talk about energy. Not here. Not making our own energy, which we've proven we can do. No, we're going to talk to Venezuela and uh, the president there, Maduro, who will still even more money um, if that were to go through. Now, experts say the country is nowhere near being in a position to ramp up production to help with the current uh, spike in prices. Uh, we know Venezuela is a mess. 
political corruption, corruption overall, really, uh, the inflation, just the uh, the decay, really, in the the quality of life down in Venezuela. Now, again, we've got our own oil that's been shut down. Canada, you know, they've been negatively impacted by our policies. So instead of using our own or Canada's, just as an example, we're going to work with some openly hostile country when it comes to the, the United States. You know, they, they don't like us. It's no different than going to Iran. The other part of this, just so you know, Venezuela's oil, it's heavier, it's grimier, and is more suited for making asphalt and other uh, chemicals than for being used for gasoline for cars or for diesel fuel. So, you know, if we're trying to extract the gas and diesel from Venezuela's oil, it would be very, very complicated when you look at the refining process. Much less, like I said, dealing with Maduro, who's a killer, doesn't care about his people, cares about himself, his friends, uh, people like Vladimir Putin, you know, who pump a bunch of money uh, into the country uh, for political reasons. So we'll see how that all works out. I, I hope they pun on that because that's just, uh, again, stupid. Uh, why you would want to do that makes absolutely no sense. Here's something else that really was interesting that I wanted to share with you. Um, according to something that I saw from the Institute of International Finance, China has seen investors pull money out of their country on an unprecedented scale. So this is what they called a very unusual shift in global capital flows in various markets, according, again, to the Institute of International Finance. So high-frequency data detected large portfolio outflows from Chinese stocks and bonds, even as flows to other emerging markets actually held up. So they were saying, the chief economist, I should say, from the IIF, was saying, along with his colleagues, that outflows from China on the scale and intensity that they are seeing are unprecedented, especially since we are not seeing similar outflows from the rest of emerging markets. Why is that, do you think? Well, part of it's because of the virus that they're dealing with. Part of it's because Americans in particular and others around the world are becoming more aware and more educated of what it means to be invested in China. It's not a good thing. Who are you supporting? Their military? The uh, the dictator himself, Xi Jinping? So I think that's... It. there. A lot of people are saying it's because of Russia, Ukraine. And that could be some of it, sure. But I think that's an excuse. This is something that, again, people are becoming more aware of um, as far as the Chinese Communist Party and just not wanting to be invested in country, excuse me, in companies uh, 
in that country that are, of course, tied to the uh, Chinese Communist Party and to Xi Jinping. Just feel dirty. I mean, who would want to be invested, have their hard-earned money? You get up, get ready for work, put in your time, come home, you know, you've got your dignity, self-satisfaction, that you're a worker, hard-earned money for you and your family, but you're also an investor, and that's what you're going to invest in? Nah. People will feel dirty, like I said about that. I, you know, we've seen that over decades. Um, so the latest white paper we have, will the Biden presidency influence stock markets? That's, uh, you know, obviously becoming more and more apparent to people. But it's a look. The white paper is a look at parties, politics, potential returns, uh, just some, you know, basic uh, information that I think you'll benefit from. Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. And it's right on the home page. You just click on Get My Copy, put in your email, and it goes right to your email. And then that way you can read it uh, online or, of course, a lot of people uh, print it off, highlight it, make notes. Um, and then, you know, when we talk with those people, make sure we get all of their questions answered. Um, but it's very timely, of course. Will the Biden presidency influence stock markets, not just now like we've already seen, but going into the rest of uh, 2022 and into 2023 as well? Um, so go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. Check that out. On the other side, we've got some economic data. Also something I wanted to share with you about a national group that is saying it's going to spend millions and millions of dollars to overhaul the United States Senate. So uh, we're going to talk about who they're saying they're going to try to get elected. Stay tuned. Keeping it local and aiming straight for your ear. The Talk of Mid-Maryland, 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And also you can go to uh, Apple Podcast and um, and get the program as a podcast. Um, remember to download your free WFMD app to your smartphone so you have everything literally right at your fingertips um, when it comes to uh, usable uh, and informative information. Um that's, that's really simple to do. So we're going to jump into some uh, uh, important issues in just a couple minutes about inflation. Of course, it's just uh, it's it's rampant. Uh, you know, uh, it's impacting people's retirement assets, their assets overall income because inflation is higher than wage gains. So that obviously puts people upside down. We'll be talking about that. Uh, and, and how it's going to impact your money uh, going forward, how long it'll last or won't last. So um, all that's coming up. I mentioned right before the break about um, the uh, a group 
that is talking about spending or saying that they're going to spend millions of dollars to overhaul the United States Senate. So there's a national group. It's tied to big technology executives. Imagine that. Imagine that. They're seeking to move the uh, center of power in the United States Senate uh, by electing what they're saying moderate center, uh, senators in races uh, this year and beyond. So the group's called More Perfect Union. Doesn't that sound sweet? That's just the way they uh, name organizations and spending bills, and it's never really what it sounds like. But it's a self-described citizen-led movement working to heal the divide in our nation. And uh, it was um, founded by a guy named Jake Harriman, who's he's an international social justice activist. Wow. I'm sure they are middle of the road then and very fair. Um, the group aims to tackle certain Senate races because the major cause of the dysfunctionality and gridlock in Congress is in the Senate. And the Senate is a longer six-year play that gives the uh, members enough time to get meaningful legislation uh, passed. And, of course, they're the ones that oversee judges' um, appointments and or confirmations, I should say, not appointments. But, uh, yeah, so they're building a, a, a nationwide movement, uh, what they're calling unity and reform. And they're passing new legislation to reform the electorate electoral system. Wow. Imagine that. See, it's not working for them as uh, they want it to. So they want to snuff out what our forefathers did correctly to make sure that uh, the more perfect union people uh, can't get their way. Um, I mean, you know, we know that there's cheating um, and we know that now, you know, they well, they failed at uh, the um, the Electoral College, right? So O'Malley was the first governor to sign on to that stupid uh, pledge some years back. And they realized that's not going to work. So now, you know, they're looking to get more people in there, kind of wolf in sheep's clothes, like uh, more Romneys and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski's, Murkowski's and, and, and others. Um, so hopefully that's not going to work. But I wanted you to be aware of it because it is in full swing. So when we look at the economic data of this week, we saw that uh, uh, new single-family homes uh, unexpectedly fell last month. They were down 2%. Also, January sales pace was revised down. That was according to the Commerce Department. Um, We did see initial jobless claims improve, but they've got to because we still have millions and millions of job openings. open, right? They just can't be filled. They're just open. And those millions and millions of of workers um, that aren't back to work, that's from your pre-virus size. So obviously, you know, that needs to improve quite a bit. Orders for long-lasting goods fell 2.2% in February. That's durable goods orders, things that are supposed to last us three years or more. Um, and, um, you know, you're starting to hear more talk just to finish up real quick with the federal reserve, more talk, uh, about instead of a quarter of a point increase to try to catch up with inflation, we need a half of a percent, which again, most people that's common sense. You can't have interest rates by the fed at 0.25% when inflation is at 7.9%. 
and on the wholesale side, it's 10%. So they need to get busy on that, get a handle on this inflation. Uh, the Fed caused it. We're going to be talking about this in detail next week with Christopher Leonard, um, who wrote a great book called The Lords um, of Money. And uh, we'll be talking with him. But anyway, uh, in the meantime, we're going to talk about inflation and its impact on retirement on the other side of this. And uh, the latest white paper, Will the Biden Presidency Influence Stock Markets? A look at parties, politics, and potential returns. Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com and uh, get that free download. Your Financial Editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And, of course, as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcast and you can um, re-listen to the program or share it, um, whatever suits you. It's there for you. So, excuse me, you know, we're talking about uh, inflation. Well, number one, it's a boring subject until right now <laughs> when everybody is talking about it because they're feeling it. They're experiencing it. Generally, like we had before uh, this last year or so, is um, inflation very low, you know, one and a half to two percent. And that's something we had seen for quite some time. And um, that's uh, that's pretty mellow. You know, it's not going to impact you where these prices that are now jumping off the uh, gas pump and out of the, you know, the grocery aisle to scare you or whatever it may be, um, where it's so apparent right now because it is running rampant. So uh, inflation, the latest CPI that we got showed 7.9% year over year. Uh, The producer price index, the PPI, which is on the wholesale level, 10%. So, that's where businesses have to decide, am I going to eat this additional cost or am I going to pass it on? And obviously we're seeing some of the pass on because of the 7.9% on the consumer level. So um, normally, like I said, this is a boring subject when you talk about inflation and people's eyes glaze over. But now you can't go throughout the you know through the day without hearing um, people talk about it because it's real. It's it's uh, the shrinking power of their dollar. That's what it is. You know, you you lose your purchasing power. And, you know, one of the easiest ways I wrote about this in my book, one of the easiest ways to keep a, a good understanding of inflation in your mind is just think about stamps. And I know they're not popular anymore. You know, more people are doing email and 
special types of mailing, et cetera. But think about stamps back in the day when, you know, they were a few cents for just a stamp to put on your, your envelope, on your letter. And now you look over time, they've increased to over 50 cents, right? So you go from three to whatever, to seven, whatever it was, to 10, to 13. That's inflation. So you don't really normally, right now you do, but you don't normally like feel the real pain of inflation, but it's constant. And it erodes your purchasing power. So the number of stamps that you were able to buy for three cents each versus 50 cents for, say, a dollar, um, that's a massive change over time. And it impacts, you, you know, people, especially when you're talking about retirement. Because if you don't do your retirement planning properly and you don't take into consideration inflation, you probably are going to have some uh, issues down the road because what a dollar will buy today, um, you know, when you look 10, 15, 20, 25 years down the road, it's a different scenario. You're losing that purchasing power. So you want to make sure that your retirement income is able to keep pace with inflation so that it allows you to continue to live the lifestyle that you want and that you deserve. Again, I talked earlier about getting up early, working hard, putting your time in, um, which isn't always easy, right? But coming home with that dignity and with that satisfaction of, uh, of a good day's work. And then when it's time to retire, you want to be able to enjoy that. And you want to be able to live the retirement lifestyle that you've worked so hard for. And you don't want to have to worry about electric prices going up or property taxes going up or whatever the case may be. And you don't have to worry if you've accounted for that in your retirement plan. So that is, as you know, if you've been listening to uh, my, my program here over the last 30 plus years, or excuse me, 20 plus years, I've been doing a profession over 30 years, then you know um, the importance of making sure that you take inflation into consideration along with other important things when it comes to your retirement plan. Because, look, that sack of groceries, and again, I'm preaching to the choir right now, it's a whole lot more than it was just a year ago, much less five years ago or 10 years ago. So you want to make sure that you have inflation accounted for in your retirement and financial plan. And if you do that, you're really going to be a happy camper and you're going to live um, the best retirement that you can. That's a big part of that. So make sure 
I know it's very painful right now with uh, inflation, but you know what? Maybe the silver lining is more people talk about it and you realize, hey, I don't know if my plan accounts for inflation long term in the intermediate term, short term. So now's a great time to look at it, get a second opinion on it. Um, I know a lot of times when we see stuff, it's not even a factor. It's more of, hey, we just want to invest your money, and this is what we think we can get you as a rate of return. Well, guess what? That still leaves a very massive unanswered question. Is your retirement income going to last to support the lifestyle and retirement that you want and deserve. Very, very important. So, uh, and when we talk, or excuse me, when we come back, we'll talk a little more about that, you know, your money lasting uh, well into your later years, because that's what we're seeing more and more of with people and their retirement. In the interim, go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. Uh, Will the Biden presidency influence stock markets? That's our latest white paper for you. It's complimentary. Go on the homepage there, click the uh, button. It goes right to your um, email. Will the Biden presidency influence stock markets? And uh, it's at murrayfinancialgroup.com. And uh, and enjoy that. And we'll be back in just a minute. Well, it's 5 o'clock in this old town. And the whistle from the factory is running the south. And everybody knows from miles around there's only one thing to do when the sun goes down. We like to head out to the local bar. It's like home sweet home when your home's too far. Where the past blue ribbon is cold on tap. And the barrel house one for shooting it back. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And uh, you can go to uh, Apple Podcasts and, of course, get the program as a podcast. Re-listen to it, share it, uh, however you see uh, fit. And um, also download the free WFMD app to your smartphone and have everything literally right at your fingertips. You know, so we were talking about inflation and it's just, uh, it's crazy. It's out of control. It's uh, just smashing people uh, day in, day out. Uh, And this isn't um, just one category. This is every category. Uh, The Consumer Price Index, the last report that came out, there wasn't one category that hadn't seen an increase in cost. and inflation pressure. It's just really, really tough out there. And it impacts your planning and uh, what you're trying to do on a short, medium, and in particular, long-term basis. So you want to make sure you take that into consideration when you're doing your retirement and financial planning. Um, And that's why I was mentioning a lot of people, it's not even in the mix. Uh, They're kind of flying by the seat of their pants or they're not sure if it was done correctly, so they need a second opinion. Um, there's a lot of different ways of, uh, of looking at uh, how this is going to uh, potentially impact you in your retirement. So whether you're close to retirement or you're in retirement and you need to have that second opinion, I would in- 
encourage you uh, to do that. I know when we look at stuff, like I said, it's uh, it's amazing what gets missed or what doesn't even get talked about because you just have these uh, people that just want to sell you something as opposed to create a plan that's going to help you throughout your life. Um, and, of course, you know, it also takes into consideration your legacy planning that once you've lived that uh, wonderful life that you want, um, what happens to the uh, people you love and the things you care about that are left behind? So all of that is taken into consideration uh, because the big question people really have, and this is uh, something that creates, you know, anxiety actually for some folks is, will I have enough uh, or will I outlive my retirement income? So that's a scary thought. You know, am I going to run out? and end up with my living with my children or grandchildren? Um, or am I going to be self-sufficient, live the lifestyle that, uh, that you want and that you deserve based on all those years of hard work and the discipline of saving? So these are really, really important, uh, important questions. And uh, again, I would encourage you, if you haven't done it, do it when it comes to planning. And uh, get that second opinion. Um, we, we do those all the time. You know, this is extremely important. Other than your medical health, your financial health comes in second place when you look at uh, people and how they feel about things. So obviously we want to square away, square away our, uh, our physical health. And then when that's done, we want to make sure that financially we've got that security as well and feel, you know, really good about things and uh, have answers to those to those important questions, again, so you do feel good. And our latest uh, white paper, Will the Biden Presidency Influence Stock Markets? Go to murrayfinancialgroup.com, and that's a complimentary download on the homepage. You just click it. It goes right to your email. And that does it for us. Like I said, next week we're going to be talking about the Federal Reserve and just how badly they messed up and caused a lot of this inflation that we're talking about uh, every single day now and just how devastating it is. Um, And I will talk to you on the Morning News Express. Those are live calls with uh, Bob Miller and Ryan Hedrick when we uh, speak at 5.50, 6.50, and 7.50. And then, uh, as I mentioned, we'll be back here next uh, Saturday to talk um, about the top stories of the week Uh, economic data, what's going on with the Fed, and uh, in particular, you know, the Fed is the uh, subject matter next week. At least that's uh, what's on the the agenda now. Well, we actually had a different program planned for you uh, today, but uh, had some uh, technical issues with the phones, so we had to uh, do an end around, and, and I think everything worked out because you know what? This is extremely important stuff. This inflation, how it's impacting your investments, your retirement, your lifestyle, and uh, that's what we want to help you with. So, again, go to murrayfinancialgroup.com. Will the Biden presidency influence stock markets is uh, the latest complimentary white paper. And uh, this is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success.
perfect day for the end of May, they say a record high. I stare at that green water, one out of the blue and by surprise. She had her feet up on the cooler as she put our love on ice. She grabbed a beer, said I'm out of here, and walked out of my life. Uh, that was a cold. Never... Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 7 o'clock.